0: No! So today, as you leave from here, we have this amazing digital thing that's going to float over your head as you, uh... (laughs) wouldn't that be fantastic? Wouldn't it be amazing if everywhere that you and I walked, if there was the smell of God's love really following you? That really, you walk into a building and everyone knows right away. Have you ever had a person walk past you that just has what you perceive to be uh, just a stunning cologne or perfume? And you're like, oh my word, who smells amazing? Have you ever done that? Yeah. And wouldn't it be, and don't you think really what God is calling us to is to have that kind of presence, his presence in people's lives as we walk? What? Well, That's exactly what Paul is going to call us to today. Um, Let me just, in verse 1 of 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul says this As for others' matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you on how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. All right, and this whole chapter is about that very thing how to live in a way to please the Lord, right? because of our relationship with God, because we are followers of him, how do we live in such a way to please the Lord? And we jumped into that last week and talked about, the very first thing he talks about is sexual morality, not pursuing sexual immorality in the way that we did before and instead honoring one another, honoring our bodies, honoring each other, honoring God with our lives. And and if you missed that, Go back and catch that last week online from Dave, and and what he he said is, I want you to live in such a way to please the Lord. What's the difficult part about that? The hard part about that is that we like to please ourselves, don't we? The, The difficulty is my whole experience is living to please me. Right? That, that's my whole experience in life. And even as I grow in maturity and I realize that there's places where I, I tactfully try to please others, still I wake up and, and I want to please me. Think about it with um, just your normal routine in the morning. Right? Your normal routine in the morning, just take your beverage, for, for example. You like coffee, right? Uh, some of you. And, and, and here's the thing. You like coffee because it pleases you. Right? It pleases you the way it tastes, it pleases you the way it affects you, the way it wakes you up, and you orient your drive or you orient before your drive towards making your pot of coffee right, and, or buying your cup of coffee. And I guarantee you have a favorite kind of coffee. You don't drink something that doesn't please you, you drink something that does, and you drive out of your way to find that thing, right? There are compromises, because sometimes you think, well, it doesn't please me to spend so much, so I will spend a little bit less, but still it's a choice about your pleasure, right? Or if it's too far out of the way, you compromise because you do something else. This might please you more, but you've got another pleasure of getting to work on time, and and that meets in the middle. You make all your choices based on pleasure. If you don't like coffee, it doesn't please you, and you do something different. You drink juice, or you grab a Red Bull, or whatever you do, you do because it pleases you, right? And and the difficulty is we live for our own pleasure. So we bump into this transforming work of God. God comes to live in us, and he begins to change our affections. And here's the difficulty. We have all of this experience pleasing ourselves. And we come into this relationship with God, and and Paul says to us, and God says to us, now live to please him. Well, the difficulty is that the longer you spend in that, the, the problem is the longer time you spend saying that, and the more your experience is that I want to please myself, the difficulty is that we tend to fake it. We tend to put on actions that look like pleasing God and all the while inside, we're rebelling against it. And so the second problem really that that people have struggled with for years is that I know what it looks like to please God, but I'm going to try and mask the fact that it's not inside me. So I'm going to start to to do these actions. And what happens is in communities like this, we kind of have a status quo of behavior. Right? Or, or we even more overtly create a, a, a list of rules in order for you to know this is how to live in order to please God. And we begin to walk out those points and we, we struggle with the heart. So the problem is that we try to live to please God and we do it with actions. Religious people have done it for thousands of years and the heart never gets to where God wants it. So what do we do with that? Because what we do is we replace real transformation with actions. We replace real change, real giving of ourselves with actions of it. And then we, we, for moments, we serve. And for our heart, we protect it. So what do we do? Paul's going to talk to us today about this. In 1 first, in first Thessalonians 9, we're going, to, we're going to see that he's going to call us to, to not settle for the amount of God that we've experienced, to not settle for where we're at, but that we would walk into his transformation more and more and more. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to get started. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that that Paul, in speaking to this group of believers, God, that you have You've used this piece of scripture to speak to us today. God, I pray that as we hear from you, God, that you and your Holy Spirit would, that you'd turn on the lights of your scripture for us today, that you would speak to us, that you would, that you would convict us, that you would show us the way to repentance, to turn around, that you would... Speak to us in such a way, God, that you would, that we would know that you are the one speaking. God, that's my prayer for each person here. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, you can find on the screen or in your Bibles or on your phones, 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 to 12. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other and in fact you do love all of God's family throughout all of Macedonia that's the whole region they're in that would be like saying to to the church here we know you love we you love all of God's people all up and down this whole Wasatch front this whole area this whole rocky rocky mountain area we know you have a reputation for loving all the believers in this area okay that's what he's saying he's saying you have you have you do love all of God's family throughout all of Macedonia, and yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more, to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so, so that your daily life will win the respect of outsiders and that you will not be dependent on anybody. So this passage of Scripture, uh, while quite brief, is, uh, is really, I'm really excited to jump into this with you today. Because Paul puts a couple of things back to back that we don't typically put back to back, right? You and I, in our construct, we don't put these two things together. And so remember, Paul is saying... To this, he he starts this chapter and he says, Listen, I want to get practical. I want you to live your lives out in such a way to please the Lord. First of all, he says, no sexual immorality. And then he jumps right into this and he says, Now about love, I don't need to speak to you about love because you're loving amazingly, right? But I want you to do it more and more. Okay? And, and K2, I just, I want to tell you, this is our heart. As, as a management team, this is our heart about our church. I can't tell you how thrilled we are with the way you as a church are loving your city, with the way you as a church continue to show up loving one another and all of God's family. Man, it is such a privilege to be part of this community we're really outside of here. Man, people see us loving our city giving ourselves away. And it's an exciting thing to be part of that kind of community, isn't it? It really is. And that's you. And I want to say, thank you. Man, and God sees the way you're giving yourselves away. God sees the way you're serving and loving. And that's exactly what Paul says to this church. God sees you and people know it and talk about it. And I want to thank you for your love. And Paul says, and I want to encourage you to double down and go in deeper. I want to encourage you to go in harder. I want you to. I want to encourage you to love more and more. Right there is um, there's a character in the book, The Dawn Treader, by uh, C.S. Lewis, who just his line is um, his name is Reepicheep. He's a mouse, but his whole thing is that it's further on and further in. Right and. And it's always this idea, because, because get this, this is the heart of this word more and more. The heart of it is that there, there's no plateau for the follower of Christ. There is, there's no steady arrival here. There's no place where you get there and you're like, I, yeah, I, I, I wear this t-shirt now. I'm, I'm here. I, I own loving. I, I, I do it. I, I am selfless. I am giving. I, I love people. There is no plateau. It is this intoxicating pull towards more, right? And when you have tasted this kind of giving of ourselves, this is, what, this is how... Uh, no uh, let, let me not get ahead of myself the, This whole first point though is what he says is more and more we ought to love one another okay so that, that's the first thing more and more we ought to love one another and Paul says to you and I, go in deeper no matter what level you're at, whether you're here today and you actually this whole idea of of even God is a brand new idea to you today and and you're open to it and but But this idea of of love, that, that God is love, he calls us to go in deeper. No matter how much you feel like you've given of yourself, he says, right on, you are reflecting Christ who is living in you, right on, keep doing it and go further, go to the point where it continues to stretch you. The church was loving really, really well, and... He calls them to go in more and more. This is how Jesus in 1 John defines love. He says this, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has money live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love one another let us show the truth by our actions. And, and in John, uh, what God says is that love is always defined in relationship, right? Love always gets defined in relationship, and love always lays down its life, lays down its rights, lays down its stuff, lays down its time, lays down its preferences, lays down its stuff, lays down its life for its friends for someone else and and what what happens is that that is always expressed in relationship and it's always expressed in laying down and what Paul says to the church is he says you're laying it down now lay even more down what Paul calls us into is this this relationship with God that can o- the only door to it is love the only door to it is to more and more go in through giving itself away, and Paul says, you're doing a great job, now go in more. What Paul knows is that Christ is past that door, that next door. It's almost, if you can imagine in your mind, it's almost this journey with Christ, and you open the door through giving yourself away into this room, and you walk into this room, and you're like, Oh my word, this is amazing. And it's a new level of relationship and it's a new level of understanding of who God made you to be and how you're wired and, and really what you're made for and who God is and it's this fantastic, and, and there's a door on the other side. And you, you think, well, it can't get better than this and you're tempted to stay, but you hear God calling you into the next door, the next giving away and, and you go through that next door and you're like, oh my word, I can't believe it took me so long to get in here. What was I waiting for in that last room? And then the next moment you're like, man, I can't imagine leaving here, but there's another door there. And God is knocking and he's saying, man, come on, come on into this next level. Come on into this next door. Come on further on and further in, more and more. Paul says, if you want to walk with Christ walk in more and more love. K2, we're a church that is already known in our little city for just attempting in very small ways to love our city. Man, let's go more. Let's go into that next area of giving ourselves away. Let's find Christ even to be more loving than we could ever imagine. Paul says, Go in more and more. Give ourselves away. Um, one of the things that I have been talking about with a number of people is a phrase that we have, uh, we have coined. A couple of our crashers really coined this phrase of committed friendships. Is that in my life that I would ask God, man, God, would you show up and would you, would you help me? see where there is need and that I would I would actually enter into a committed friendship right not just a natural a different an organic friendship is like oh I you know I have kids that play on this football team and you do and we have common interests and we get along well and you know we like to go to the same kind of places and it's just kind of an organic friendship and a committed friendship is like man I feel like God's telling me to be a friend to that person in need Right? And some of you have done that, and there's many different ways, and uh, one of the ones that I've been talking about in the last month, somebody here at church actually saw a guy here, and, and they just said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be a friend to that guy, didn't know him at all, didn't know his situation, came to find out that he was homeless and uh, was struggling from a bit of dementia. Right After four or five conversations on a Sunday morning, just like this. Somebody just like you, looking across the room and seeing a guy sitting by himself week after week after week. Holy Spirit says, hey, go be a friend to that person. And, and got to know him and, and, and figured out that this man has a bit of disconnect, right? Just a, a medical disconnect in his mind. So in relationship, found out that he is a veteran. So began to go through the hard, long work of Helping him get medical care through the VA, right? And weeks later, right, the story hasn't ended, but he's been diagnosed, and the the VA is going to fully take care of him and give him residence and care, right? And it's not all settled; the dust isn't all settled on it, and exactly where it'll be. Um, But an incredible amount of giving of time of getting babysitters for when I need to go and to help take him to his appointments. And, and, and that happened because someone here said, who am I supposed to love here this morning, God? And they love more and more. Not just a protected kind of love, not just a here's my crew and I will love them, but a, a really wide open door of God, how do you want to use me to love someone today? Now, here's the cool thing about this passage. Paul puts two things together that you and I would never put together on the same morning. Here's what was happening in Thessalonica Thessalonica was a uh, kind of a blue collar town, okay? Uh, more, think of like a. Uh, kind of out, in, out out, further. It's not like uh, Corinth was a town that was like a center of trade and commerce and tons of money flowing through there. And they had tons of issues about that too because wherever there's money and tons of people, there's tons of sin. And But Thessalonica, it was kind of a, at least... They propose, most of the people who study the scriptures propose that it's kind of a a blue-collar town. There were some prominent women. Acts 17, if you want to read up on the Acts 17, says there were some super prominent women who became part of the church and and a couple of more wealthy people, but it was largely a blue-collar town. And, And what they were known for is they were known for their love, right? He says all throughout the area, we know that you love people. And when you talk about giving of yourself more and more, when you talk about a community of faith who's walking with Jesus and loving each other well and loving others outside well and giving of themselves, what you're always going to have is you're going to have people who want to ride that train. And Paul says right away on the heels of double down, go in more and more, love, yourself, love others well, give your life away well, what he says is Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we have told you. This is in, uh, that's chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. I want you to, Paul, a couple years later, writes 2 Thessalonians, another letter to the church, and this same issue is still going on. And here's what he says in 2 Thessalonians 3.10 through 12. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command, okay? That's when he was saying, even while we were first setting up the church, we gave you this command, okay? And all of the translations translate this command, okay? This is not a suggestion from Paul. This is not a, this is not a uh, hey, we think this is the best way to operate as a community, and we're not quite sure what God says, but, but this is a preference of ours. No, no, he says, we gave you this command, meaning this is, this is the way God rolls on the way we interact as a community. He says this, we gave you this command. Those who are unwilling to work will not get to eat, Like, so we're just talking about like, man, love each other, give it away, spend your lives on behalf of each other. By the way, if you're not willing to work, you you don't get to eat. Like, Paul, those are two different sermons for me, right? Those aren't one phrase leading into another. I have those in two different boxes. I have those in God's love, and then I have the other one in Lad's tough love, right? I don't have them in the same... Geographical space. Does that make sense? And Paul says this. So th- again, this is Second Thessalonians. Yet we hear that some of you are leading idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus to settle down and work and learn their earn their own living. Okay. So in Thessalonica, and you and I don't live there, and we weren't there as part of it. So, but this was an issue that came over and over because here's what happens: if if you're always talking about giving your life away. And what you're gonna have is you're gonna have people who say, man, that that sounds good. I would love to receive some people giving their life away to me, right? (laughs) And and believe me, the the better we get at this, the better we get at giving our lives away, the more this is going to be a possible interpretation, right, Uh, uh, an attraction a place for people to miss their step. But Paul says this, and let me just go back to 1 Thessalonians 4. He says, to lead a quiet life, mind your own business and work with your hands. So again, what I said with love, he says, I want you to love. I want you to open the doors of your life to whatever God might bring your way, right? Whoever he might call you to love. And yet it seems like he says, mind your own business, right? Lead a quiet life and work with your own hands. And so um, what Paul isn't saying there is he isn't saying, hey, mind your own business. Don't be involved with loving people and being open to whoever God might lead your way. He's not saying don't be open. He says, I want you to take care of your own business with your own work. He said, in other places, he said, we gave you this example ourselves. He said, we were deeply open to you. We loved you well. We came in uh, just like Dave and Susie and 30 people came here nine years ago, 10 years ago now to start this church. They were completely open to whoever God might bring their way in this city. But what Paul says is we live this example. We were open to you. We loved you. We shared the gospel with you. But we worked, you know, we worked second shift to pay for our own way. And what he says here specifically is take care of your own business, work, right? And and don't miss this because what does he want people to know? You see, the magic is in giving your life away. The magic is in spending yourself on behalf of others, not on Receiving only. See, there are people that think that the magic is only in receiving. And what he says is, no, 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 no. I want you to diligently work into this phase of your life where you are taking care of yourself by God's grace. You're working hard so that you can love others well. He goes, if you're the one receiving, I want you to not be idle and be a busybody. It's a play on words. He says, I don't want you to be a busybody in other people's lives, right? Constantly harassing others for what that you can receive from them. Instead, I want you to take care of your own life, be busy working your own life so you can give yourself away because that's where God is going to transform you. Right? You can be transformed by receiving, but if you're always receiving, you're never going to get to the place where he says, man, I want you to meet Christ in the giving away. Does that make sense? And so what, what happens here is that we need to really think about this. We need to think about this as we give. Do you know that you can give, and with the wrong motives, you're giving for, to soothe yourself and you're really hurting someone else, right? And so as we give, as we give love, as we more and more enter into time with people and we more and more enter into life and giving ourselves away with people, we need to think about them. And we need to think about what God's doing in their lives. And so Paul says, don't live these idle lives. I want you to be more diligent, okay? Now, uh, there's a couple ways to respond to that. A couple ways to, to just respond to that. One, it could be like, yep, that's what I thought. And uh, they just need to get a job, right? That's not the right response. Paul says to us, man, give yourselves away. We all know that it's far harder to give our time, right, than it is to give anything else. We can give stuff away. We can give money away. We can give, man, it's far harder to give time. Time is precious. Man, it might be that God's calling you not just to give some finances away, but to actually give time away to help someone understand this very thing. That could be exactly what God is putting as the next door for you. How do I give my time away in such a way to actually help somebody? Um, it could be that uh, it could be that you respond to this and say, "Well man, that doesn 't sound like a very loving thing All right That's, that doesn 't sound like like you know the Jesus I know that doesn 't sound like counsel and you could you could say, oh hey i 'm out right if, if, if people are going to say, Busy yourself with your own hands and and work and and I would just say that what God desires for you is that you would trust him." And that you would, just as this scripture says, that you would more and more be more diligent so that you can have the joy of giving to others what you have received. Because that, that is where God calls us to, to. Because of this great love that we have, that just like the video, that we would have the ability to give it to others. That everywhere we go, that the aroma of God's love would, would pour out to those around us. All right, so first of all, he says more love. Secondly, more diligence. And then thirdly, that we would be more missional, okay? Why? Why both of these things? Why do we love more and more? And why do we be more diligent in our lives? So that, verse 12, your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, okay? If it's your first day here today, um, you think, wow, outsiders, that's kind of a strong word. And, And what Paul just says is inside this community of faith, right? It's our goal. It, the whole reason we exist is not to draw boundaries and say, hey, you're outside and we're inside. It's exactly the opposite. It's, it's to say inside the, this boundary of faith, there is a clear border in that outside people have said, huh, I, I'm not really sure I need Jesus. And inside the border of faith, people say, I need the forgiveness of God. I need a savior and and i have found that the one and only messiah the one and only savior the one and only mediator between god and man mediate means to go between between me and god is is jesus and he's forgiven me that it's not about my works it's not about my goodness it is it is about him and his righteousness. And that's what we believe here at K2. And so when he says outsiders, there's all kinds of outsiders. There's really religious people who think, I'm, I'm going to earn my way to God. There's people who are totally alienated and saying, I don't want to have anything to do with God. There's people who, maybe even right here, have, have never really come to believe it. They know all the words, and yet they've, they've never said, I fully fully give myself to Christ. And what Paul says is that you and I ought to live, we ought to love, and we ought to work hard so that people outside looking at us would see us and respect, not us, but what we believe in. Wouldn't it be amazing if, if you had a bumper sticker like that or a, a little... Uh, symbol over your car or over your head that said, hey, I'm a Christ follower. And where people went, everywhere they went, everywhere you and I went, that people had to wrestle with, man, I, I love what I see in their life. I just can't stand that annoying symbol over top of their head, <laughs> right? Uh, wouldn't it be amazing if, if people said, I love the fruit going on in their life. I love their relationships. I love the way they treat me. I love the way they're so generous with people. I, I love that, but I, I, I don't know. I, I can't even imagine believing what they believe. And too often what you see is you see a group of cars, right, all with the same symbol over them, not weaving in between the traffic, but all huddled together in life. Right, And they go from LTG to church back into their lives. And then they take the thing off and they blend in. And then they put that thing back on and then they go. Do you understand? That's how we do life. And what Paul says is, I want you to do life with outsiders. I want you to do life with people outside of the community. I want you to come here. I want you to understand that we need to give ourselves more and more and more and then go out and live it that way so that people will respect the gospel, the savior we believe in, and they might know him. Your primary voice for sharing this is not your voice. It's your life. It's how you love more and more, and it's how you work more and more. And Paul says, be more loving, be more diligent, and be more intentional, more missional. I'm going to pray for us. The band is going to come on up. We're going to worship. My desire today is that you would right now say, God, what am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be more loving? Am I supposed to give myself away more and show me a step? Ask God right now, show me a person, show me a step, a way to give myself away. God, am I supposed to be more diligent? Am I idle? Am I wasting my evenings completely on me? Is there some way that you want me to serve and give my time away? Because a lot of us are just idle with our time. Maybe, maybe the first one, maybe you're just completely consumed with working for yourself. God, am I supposed to give myself away? Am I supposed to love somehow, not just love me? And, And then secondly, do I need to not be idle? Do I need to be more diligent? And thirdly, God, do I just, I need to be more intentional. I need to be like that person who here said, God, is there anyone here today at work that I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to love? We're gonna enter into this time of worship um, I actually, I, I'd ask you to stand with me. Would you stand with me and pray? God, right here, right now, as we come before you, I ask that, that you would speak to us. God, thank you for your word. Only through your spirit right now can you speak to us about that area in our life, that, that person in our life that, that you want us to, to love well. God, this thing that I'm holding back, This area of my life that I'm idle in, God, only you can speak to me about that. Only you can speak to each person here. God, would you help us to be a church on mission, to love well more and more, to be diligent more and more, to give our lives away in Jesus' name, amen.